0: The Fertility Podcast.
1: So welcome back to the Fertility Podcast. There's been a little break happening because of a new addition into the Fertility Podcast world, but we're back on track and we're very excited to welcome back a former guest to the podcast, Jessica Hepburn. Welcome to the show, Jessica. How are you doing? I'm oh, very good. Thanks for having me back. Now, if um, anybody hasn't heard of Jessica, then you have to listen to episode six of the podcast where Jessica talks about her story being particularly affected by unexplained infertility, which is what led Jessica to her remarkable journey and the work that she does and her book, The Pursuit of Motherhood. Um, Jessica does a lot of work with uh, Infertility Network UK and you're an ambassador for them. Is that right?
0: It's a charity and I'm one of the trustees of the charity.
1: Yeah. So since we last spoke... What have you been up to? Busy as ever? Yeah,
0: well, yeah, I have like, I feel like I have two lives now. I have, um, uh, you know, my day-to-day life, which is running a, a big theatre in West London. Um, but then I also have my sort of fertility, infertility life. Um, uh, which started with um, my book, which you mentioned, and then subsequently I was asked to be a trustee of Infertility Network UK, which is the, the national charity supporting people going through um, fertility issues and IVF. Um, I also uh, became a columnist for, for, for the magazine Fertility Road, um, uh, which is sort of leading fertility magazine. And now, uh, out of all that, I'm now training to swim the channel to raise money for families without the children that they long for and children without the families they deserve. And that's happening in three weeks' time.
1: Oh my goodness, wow, so as if you weren't busy enough, how many hours training are you having to do?
0: Well, I I have to say, it's kind of an, it's been an extraordinary learning curve for me because, you know, I can swim, I've always been able to swim, quite enjoyed swimming on holidays, or the odd sort of couple of lengths in the pool, but I'm by no means a sort of, um, you know, full-on swimmer, so um, it's been an uphill learning curve for me, And, and swimming the channel is, like, it's. One of the biggest sort of physical and mental endurance feats on the planet. I've been in sort of full training for nearly a year now, wow. um, and I'm sort of at the the, the last weekend uh, was sort of the pinnacle of it. And um, so, sort of 13 hours of training in the sea over the weekend. It is quite possibly the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But what I joke about is that well, I've been through 11 rounds of IVF, which is another sort of physical and mental endurance feat. So it can't be any right. harder than that. <laughs>
1: Wow, you are amazing. I'm assuming you did see when David Walliams tried it. Yeah,
0: I absolutely did. And what is really, really lovely is that I had a, an email from him a couple and of weeks mad. ago. Uh, yeah. He said
1: you're bonkers. What are you doing? You when, make- well, I mean,
0: he didn't say I was mad because obviously, you know, if I'm mad, he's mad. Um, yeah. uh, so, but he sort of wished me luck. And um, and I think, you know, we uh, because, you know, David Walliams is that man off the telly, you know, we don't necessarily realize how hard it is what he took on, both in Mm. swimming the Channel and also swimming the length of the Thames. I mean, it's just such a big challenge. And, you know, since the first man swam the Channel, which was in 1875, um, less than 2,000 people have done it in the whole of history and less than 500 women have ever done it. Um, Wow. So it's, yeah, it's a really big thing, yeah. Gosh.
1: Well, I was just looking at your just giving page and you've already raised a thousand pounds. Have you got a target? For what yeah, you've I raised? mean I've
0: raised I'm raising for two charities, so I've yeah. raised um, just over a thousand pounds for IN UK and uh, nearly four thousand pounds for the other channel uh, charity which is raising money for children in care. So my total's around about five thousand now. Um, Amazing. Oh, um yeah, I mean I suppose my dream would be if I could double that by the swim. Okay. But I mean everything has been I you know, I've just been so touched by the the amount of support that i've got both in terms of words of encouragement and the sponsorship and of course when you get that much sponsorship it sort of makes you think god i'm gonna have to bloody do it yeah. now
1: yeah <laughs> well look best of luck with it and we'll, we'll keep tabs on you and uh, i'll put all the links to your just giving page um on the fertility podcast blog oh, bless um, you. i'm just really keen to chat with you about some of the press coverage that has gone on over say the past couple of months with regards to fertility treatments especially as you know you speak very openly and i know you've spoken on telly on the radio about continuing with your ivf attempts into your 40s and recently there was quite a lot of coverage about putting quite a negative spin on women over 40 trying it i mean what were your feelings about all of that it was almost it was almost trying to deter people from from seeing IVF as as another method to consider. It it really kind of baffled me.
0: I think it is difficult. Um, I mean, one of the other things that I'm really pleased is that I've been invited to be part of advisory committee for the HFEA, the the Human Fertilisation and Embryo Authority that regulates all the fertility treatment in this country. Looking at They're looking at improving kind of the information that they provide to patients around uh, success rates and and also around the standards in clinics. I just think, for me, the fundamental problem is that as you get older, it, it gets harder to conceive. And more and more people are therefore turning to fertility treatment if they've left it later in life. And I just think it's really, really important that people do understand that, you know, that if, if you, that, well, A, that the success range about, uh, around fertility treatment generally haven't changed much since it was first invented in 1978. Two-thirds of cycles are still unsuccessful. You know, a lot of the treatments that are being given in clinics now are, are scientifically unproven. That's not to say that they, they might be in the future or that they might help, but I just don't think there's enough understanding around that there are, the treatment is not largely successful and the older you get the less likely treatment is going to be successful because that is the one thing that we do know that the older you leave it the harder it is to get pregnant mm. um and and you know i like, i am someone who's been through 11 rounds of ivf I understand more than anyone, perhaps, how, you know, the pursuit of motherhood can drive you. Um, But I also, you know, feel that I want to campaign to have more transparency within the industry because it is a very, very difficult situation for lots of couples going through it, getting themselves into debt, getting themselves emotionally heartbroken when it doesn't work out and, and there isn't a lot of therapeutic support for them either that's the other thing that certainly I N U K and UK and my work with them is very very focused on improving the levels of emotional support for couples.
1: What would you say just as like a, a tip for people who have found themselves uh, however long it's taken them they've not you know they've not managed to conceive they, they may be over 40 they may not be um but they are looking into fertility treatment yet they are concerned about all the negative press about the success rates and what have you would you say iron uk is a place to go and ask more questions to really get clued up because we've talked before about don't not being afraid to ask questions Absolutely. and make sure you know you get the support and the
0: and the reason why i would particularly recommend iron uk is that they you know they're a source of independent and informed advice and obviously we all go to the internet now and the the information that you can get on the internet whilst comprehensive and you know can be very useful can also sometimes be misleading and scaremongering So you do need to be making sure that, you know, that the information that you're getting, you know, is correct and and, and charities like INUK can certainly provide that. And I would never say for a moment that if you're over 40 that you shouldn't embark on fertility treatment because women do get pregnant with their own eggs as well as with donor eggs in their 40s even 50s sometimes, um, but the most important thing is that you go into it with your eyes open, you go into it understanding, you know, as much as you possibly can, um, and particularly about what your success rates might be, because you could be one of the lucky ones, but you you could be unlucky, and you need to... Under, you know you need to understand that and prepare yourself for that
1: all right jessica wise words as always we're going to put all the links to your blog about the book about your just giving page on the fertility blog i wish you the best of luck with the swim <laughs> Um are you are you going to be speaking at national fertility week i am yes i'm going to be at the show. fertility show
0: at olympia okay. again this year yeah right. talking about what to prepare yourself for if you're going to embark on fertility treatment
1: okay great well again we'll put all those details on on the page and um look forward to speaking to you again soon yeah thank you good luck flipper (laughs) thank you so much Bye. Bye. thank you for listening to this episode of the fertility podcast as i said at the beginning there's been a bit of a break i've been a mum now for five months and actually it's been a bit more involved than i thought the podcasting has had to go on hold but the aim is that we're back and the fertility podcast is all about giving a voice to people going through fertility treatment as well as hearing expert interviews what i'm really interested in is if you've got a story you want to share Or if you're doing something like Jessica fundraising for your own treatment or for a charity like INUK, please email info at thefertilitypodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at FertilityPoddy. I'm really keen to uh, hear what you think. You can leave comments either on Twitter or on the blog, thefertilitypodcast.com. Do have a listen to some of the previous episodes. You don't have to do it in order. But we've got a range of expert interviews from people like Zita West. Emma Cannon, Dr. Marilyn Glenville. Jessica mentioned The Fertility Show earlier in this podcast. And uh, you can hear about last year's Fertility Show as well. That's in episode two. Also, Susan Seenan, who's the chief executive of Iron UK, she speaks on our first episode. So loads, loads for you to get stuck into. And you can download this podcast from iTunes, from Stitcher. You can go to fertilitypodcast.com and you can sign up for the newsletter. There's loads of ways. You can stay in touch and I really hope this has been useful for you. So until the next time.
0: The Fertility Podcast.